Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you for such a great welcome. I don't remember the 70s. (laughs) Holy Ghost, we welcome you to come and to help us today. We open our lives to you. We've come to meet with you. We've come to be changed. So we open ourselves to everything you want to do would happen in our lives today. Everyone said... Amen. Let's give Jesus a clap, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Well, please be seated. We have had such a wonderful week here. Everyone's been so kind to us and and, uh, been staying at Manly. Well, can there be a better place than Manly? Goodness me. It was wonderful. (laughs) Just go out there. And there's these Aussies out there in the morning, hundreds of them out there doing exercises for two hours. I don't understand that at all. That's strange, <laughs> but it's great. It's great to be with you, and uh, God has been moving very powerfully in all of the meetings, and we'll be picking up on the theme, Prison Break, and uh, we want to continue that theme. Uh, last night, I spoke on the prison of bitterness. I want to speak on the prison of secrecy today, and uh, I believe God's going to help many of you get set free. I want to share also from some of our testimony. How many of you know that the things that you walk through in life and break through in become wells that can touch the lives of others. And uh, most of what we have, uh, we, I was from a Catholic background, and Joy was from a Brethren background. And uh, while it might not mean much today, in those days they were kind of anti one another. You, you were either Catholic or Protestant, and you were in one camp or the other, and you didn't speak to one another. You never went to one another's churches. The thing was, yeah, there was a major issue. That was quite a challenge for us, coming from those backgrounds. Uh, we met one another at university, where we were both studying science and doing science degrees. And uh, ever since then, I've been learning how to shift and learn the real things of life, how to flow and move with the Holy Ghost. But I want to share with you something today that'll be a blessing for it. Let's open our Bible in Mark chapter 10. And uh, most of you heard the story. I want to pick it up with a slightly different angle today. And uh, we read in Mark chapter 10. Let's have a look at the story of blind Bartimaeus. And I won't be focusing so much on deliverance this morning. I'll go back into that area tonight. And those of you interested in learning about deliverance or discovering uh, and recognizing bondages in your heart, we'll touch on that tonight. And, but let's read the story of blind Bartimaeus. Now, they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And uh, they, many warned him, <laughs> saying, be quiet. And they, but he cried out all the more. And son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying, be, be of good cheer. Look out. Rise, he's calling you. So he threw aside his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Master or Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. And he said, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Here's a man who's got a desperate need. The need is most obvious. He's blind. If you ever stop for a little while to consider what it would be like to live in a world where you are blind, where your eyesight is taken away and you're living in a world of darkness you can't see. Most of the time we take our eyesight for granted, we take our ability to see for granted, but imagine if it was taken away from you. Just close your eyes for a moment and imagine you could never open them, that it was always just like that, a world of darkness. 
You can't see colors. You can't see faces. You can't see the beauty of nature. You can't even see what's in the way. And so you stumble. You stumble blindly, not knowing where you're going. You trip over things. You're in constant danger because you can't see things approaching. Imagine that world. That's a very difficult world, very challenging world. No sense of direction. You see people with, who are blind and they have a stick and they're tapping, trying to find their way. So to be blind, to lose your eyesight, to lose vision, the ability to see all the creation around us has huge impact on our personal life. And this man was in blindness and in darkness. And there's many forms of darkness. The Bible tells us Jesus came to release the prisoners out of darkness. The Bible describes that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God, which is a kingdom of light, the kingdom of the devil, which is a kingdom of darkness. When our lives are held in sin, the Bible says we are sitting in darkness. We are blind. We can't see life as it really is. So I want to share with you a little bit about this man, and I want to open up one particular aspect. When you are blind, your whole potential is lost. You're actually quite diminished in what you can do. And so this man suffered greatly. And notice what it says of the man. It says his name. It says a number of things. And I want to highlight for you several things about him. The first thing it tells us, it says his name was Bartimaeus. And then it adds on, he was the son of Timaeus. Now, the word Bartimaeus means literally son of Timaeus. So it's like saying this. This man was son of Timaeus, the son of Timaeus. In the Bible, whenever it repeats anything or says it twice... It's trying to draw your attention to something. And so if we read and have a look at the original language, we find this Timaeus, the name Timaeus, means to cover, to conceal, or to keep secret. Whenever we cover or conceal things in our life and we have secrets in our life, we have a part of our life which is in darkness. So it's describing this man as his whole origin. He's come out of darkness and secrecy. I have found from personal experience the very hard way that when we have areas of secrecy where there are secret things in our life that we hide and conceal, they form darkness and we become spiritually blinded. It impacts our life tremendously. I'll show you how in just a moment. We shared before that I was raised a Catholic. I come from a very strong Catholic family, went to Catholic schools. whole family was Catholic. They come from a from Ireland, from the home of Catholics pretty well. Uh, there were priests and nuns and whatever in the family. So there was a strong Catholic tradition. Uh, in, the, in the generation that we were raised in, to not go to church on Sunday meant you'd, if you died, you'd go to hell. You know, If you went to a Protestant church, you'd also go to hell. It was kind of like hard to believe today, but that's the culture we were raised in. And Joy was raised in a brethren background. And of course, uh, their concept of Catholics were, well, you know, that's Rome, Babylon, you know. And, and so therefore, if you belong to that, you were doomed. And so from the two different religious backgrounds, we, 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 came, we met in university and, and uh, I fell in love with Joy and her with me. She's the only love of my life. Been married now for 40 plus years. It's amazing how God has done the job. But it didn't start well. It didn't start well. It actually started with a horrendous secret. Uh, we were going on and off. We were attending the same classes. Our, our relationship kept breaking up because of the pressure of families which were religiously based in their thinking. 
they ignored completely. We actually love one another, but the blindness of religious prejudice was so strong that we lived in an environment where our relationship was deeply discouraged. And so we went through heartache and some tremendous pain and sorrows through that period, which lasted nearly seven years. Eventually, I wasn't a Christian then, didn't give my life to Christ, but eventually Joy got pregnant. And we faced this great dilemma what to do with the pregnancy. In those days, if a girl got pregnant, they were sent away. There was a, a huge disgrace in the culture around anyone getting pregnant. And so this was a huge problem for us now. We couldn't see a way forward. We couldn't see a way with the families. And so we made a decision together. We agreed that we would adopt our child out. We, I have regretted to this day that decision would be one of the, probably the worst decision ever made in my life. But God has redeemed us and got us out of the darkness that that created. The day we decided to do this, our, something changed in our relationship, something changed in our lives. When you have secret sin, secret things hidden in your heart, your life goes into darkness. And you become open to demonic torment. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, in, verse 20, in chapter 28, verse 15, it says, it says, we have made a covenant with death, that's a spirit power, and with hell we are in agreement, that's also a spirit power. One isolates, one torments. It said, we've made a covenant, we've made an agreement with death and hell, with, uh, with, uh, with hell we're in agreement. He said, because we have covered ourselves with lies, or we've made lies our refuge. So when you make lies your refuge, when you hide behind a deception, when you hide behind secrets, when you conceal the things that have gone on in your life, you actually open your life to demonic powers to come and afflict and create isolation and torment in your life. And I had no, it just seemed to us, you know, it seems you just do the best you can at the time, but this was a terribly, terrible decision we made. And so we concealed what we had done. We adopted our daughter out. We named her and then adopted her out. And uh, we, we just tried to get on with our lives as though nothing had happened. We were actually able to keep the thing totally secret. But you know, secrets in our life, secret sin opens doorways for demons. It affected our relationship. Something that we had and the love we had for one another was broken. The, the things, Joy's heart was broken by this. My heart was broken by it. And uh, the Lord made a way for us to break through the whole area of religious background. We were able to find a neutral ground that we could get married in. We were able to have a Catholic priest and, a, and an Anglican minister be involved in a service. It was amazing how God made the way. And then on the day that we got married, I made the decision to receive Christ. I'd come to a place where through the pain and the sorrow, I'd broken down uh, the whole uh, thing of the religious bondage over my life. God had broken it over me, and I was able to make a commitment to come to Christ on the day we got married, just before we got married. And uh, part of the commitment that I made as I began to walk with the Lord was uh, there was a deep repentance came in my heart for the secrecy, for covering and concealing, for uh, rejecting a daughter. And God, because of the repentance, made way for the light to come into our lives. We were able to put right our relationship and be healed from that area. And eventually, and, and that's a whole story of its own, uh, but God made a way for the law to be changed. And eventually our daughter came back to us about the age of 18. Uh, the law changed and she came back to us. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. God is able to remove the darkness completely. 
He's able to take away the blindness. We could not see how the sin affected our lives. We couldn't see it until later, until actually God made a way where he opened our eyes and we were restored. And uh, I won't spend a lot of time sharing about that, but the law made it impossible for us to ever be restored. Just once you adopted your child, that was it. There was no contact. It was a closed adoption. But later on, God led us to go through a, uh, a marriage renewal together. We were pastors then. And in that marriage renewal, we dealt with the bitterness in our heart. And then a short time later, the law changed. And we wrote in and her parents wrote in at the same time. It's quite extraordinary, really. And so we were able to connect with her and meet with her. And she became rejoined to our family and has become deeply bonded to our family. She has six natural brothers and sisters and uh, the amazing thing is over the years we've been able to undo the harm and the damage that uh, has been done God has helped us in that the Lord has made a way and uh, recently we had the privilege I had the privilege of marrying her I had the privilege of leading her to the Lord of baptizing her of leading into the baptism of the Holy Spirit last year we took her on a missions trip with us God can totally remove the darkness he can totally restore he is amazing he is amazing. But here's the thing, that when you have secrets like that, there's a part of your life is in darkness and you can't see. We could never see the damage that had been done by what appeared to be something we uh, had covered and concealed. And so this man, blind Bartimaeus, the son of secrecy, of secrets, of things covered over. I wonder today what you've covered over that has created blindness in your life and stopped you seeing God's amazing provision and seeing what could happen in your life for good. Here's the interesting thing about this man. If we just look at this man, blind Bartimaeus, it said he, was, uh, he sat by the roadside and he was begging. Here's the things that we notice about this man. Here's the first thing we notice is he's sitting down. Something dies in you when you cover your life, when you cover the sins of your life. There's something dies and you can't stand up with boldness and authority. In fact, you have no authority to stand as a believer because as a part of your life is in compromise. A part of your life is covered over. So he's sitting down on the inside and he's sitting down on the outside. I found many, many believers who are sitting down on the inside. They're actually in a prison in a part of their life because there's something dark and secret that is concealed and demonic powers have got the keys to that prison the second thing we notice about him uh, he was not just sitting down he was by the roadside in other words instead of walking the course of life and fulfilling the destiny God planned for him he's out of the way he's off to one side of it when there's parts of our life which are concealed and there's secrets in our life and there's bondage in our life, we can't fulfill fully the course that God gave to us. We have no authority to stand and we don't actually have any sense of direction. We don't know what to do because that part is kept aside. It's like, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. But if you want to be whole, you have to go there. You have to let Jesus come with you to the place you were hurt, the place of that secret and allow the whole thing to come to the light so he can heal it, so he can restore. The next thing you notice about blind Bartimaeus is he's begging. In other words, his whole lifestyle is one of looking for others to come through for him in this area of need in his life. We have a whole culture of people like that. New Zealand's quite chronic for that. Uh, it's been fostered in a whole number of different ways. But when you have the mentality of a victim, you're looking for someone to come through. 
you, you feel entitled that someone needs to come through and help you. I find people come to church and they, the, the entitlement or the sense of looking for someone to come through, they bring it into the church. And then they're looking for someone here to come through. But actually, Jesus Christ came through for us. Jesus Christ has come through for us. At the cross and the resurrection, he broke through. He broke through every issue of life. Whatever you and I have faced in life, he broke through it at the cross. He broke its power. He took shame. He, he took sin. He took iniquity. He took the cursings. He took every kind of issue that we could face. He took it to the cross. Why? So you wouldn't need to sit in darkness, dependent and out of the way and no longer moving in your destiny. You could get your eyesight and see. God wants you to see. He wants you to have vision. He doesn't want you to live in a world of darkness where your mind is oppressed by demonic spirits. There's many causes of, of spiritual darkness that people have. I looked and searched through the Bible. There's a whole lot of reasons that we become blind and can't see clearly. I'll give you a few of them, and maybe one or two of them will trigger off. The first one is secrets. When we have secrets in our life, secret sin, secret abuse, secret things that we've done and been a part of, secrets we've been forced to keep, and actually they've broken our heart. That's one area that creates darkness in our life. Another is the area of lying. When we lie, when we lie, we walk in darkness. In, in, when we hate, when there's hatred in the heart, in 1 John 2, I think verse 11 or 14, it says, when we hate one another or when there's hatred in our heart, it says we walk in darkness and can't see where we're going. Many, many relationships are struggling and suffering because there's the darkness of unresolved hatred in the root. In, in our marriage, there were areas where we could not connect in intimacy and they were, they were because in the heart of both of us, there was a deep bitterness and there was a deep hatred that had formed as a result of being hurt. Now, I wouldn't have known that. As a pastor, we're preaching about freedom. Yet we needed to be free ourselves. We came to one point when we realized there are issues in our life and we need some help, but we went around, we couldn't find help anywhere. So we started to look, we started to say, God, whatever it takes show us where we can get some help that would help resolve the issues of the heart. And God led us to, would you of all things believe, the Catholic Charismatics brought a speaker out in America. And, and, and of course, I was a bit hostile at that stage, remembering my past. But I said, Lord, whatever it takes, I'll go there. So I went to this guy. Well, he had keys that have helped us and been a blessing for us ever since. So I remember one night, uh, I'd gone, we'd, we'd just gone to bed and, and I just was kneeling down praying and the Lord said, you have bitterness in your heart towards your wife. And, and, and I said, oh honey, God, show me, I got bitterness in my heart towards you and this is where it came out of that whole conflict before we were married and I wore my heart up and, and, and I brought that secret out to the open and, and she began to weep because she had felt it. I didn't even know it was there until God told me. And then she said, then so we both knelt down. And then she said, actually, I've had bitterness in my heart to you because you didn't stand up and lead us. And so we both wept, but the darkness came out. And then the, there was a change in intimacy, which means light of, of connection and relationship was forming at a much greater level. And, and many marriages struggle because there are secret things bitterness and hatred and or unresolved grief grief can blind you the disciples could not see on the road to Elias because they didn't even recognize his grief gripped them disappointments so there's many things can bring a blindness around our heart 
grief and disappointment, lies and deception, hatred and bitterness, these kinds of things, secrets in our life, these things blind us so we can't see properly. Or we can come to church but have whole areas of our life we can't see. And the reason we can't see is because spirit powers lock onto our mind and you're literally blinded. You can't see from what you're doing. God is able to help us. I want you to see this man here. It says, when he heard, it was Jesus. I tell you, Jesus is the one who makes the difference. He is the one who sets people free. He heard it was Jesus. Now, what did he hear? He heard Jesus heal people. He heard he raised them from the dead. He heard that he touched the lepers. He heard that he healed people and forgave people who are in adultery. He heard Jesus was the one who did miracles, was merciful and kind, and he believed in his heart that Jesus Christ was the coming Savior. Notice what he does. When he heard it's Jesus, he began to cry out, Jesus, Son of David. The name Son of David was the name the Hebrews knew was attached to the coming Messiah. He said, I know you're the Savior. Help me. One of the first things that we need to do if we're going to get out of our darkness is turn to Jesus Christ and ask him to help. And you need to really be serious about it. I've had some people come up on an altar call for prayer. And they come up and I say, what have you come for? for? Oh, I don't know, whatever God wants to do. And I think, well, that's crazy, you know. That doesn't work for anything. I mean, you go to McDonald's and, you know, you get to the front of the queue and they say, what do you want, you know? And you say, well, whatever you feel I should be having today. You know, you say, get out of here. Go make up your mind what you want. Come back when you made your mind up. Listen, you don't get anything in life by being that kind of fuzzy-wuzzy. That's religious. That's nonsense. Nothing comes that way. And you'll see later on, Jesus said, ask a blind man, what do you want? Hello, a blind man, what do you want? He, he got him to declare his need. Got him to come out and say, this is what I'm believing for. This is where I need my breakthrough. So the first thing is he came to Jesus. He reached out and he began to cry out. Now, of course, when you start to, to have an issue in your life and you start to reach out to the Lord, it doesn't mean to say that you get the answer straight away. We reached out. We had lots of people come into our, into our homes. We had pastors come in and we'd tell them our story and tell them we needed prayer. And it was like they just didn't even hear because they didn't know what to do. They just didn't know what to do. Nowadays, of course, there's much more insight in this whole area of healing. And so he heard it was Jesus. And so he began to cry out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then he told him, be quiet. Shut up. You're disturbing the place. Notice that not everyone is happy about your pursuit of freedom. Not everyone is happy about your pursuit of freedom. You'll find when you want to break out a family tradition, not all the family are happy about that. When you want to break out of what's been in the family line for generations and, and become free, not everyone's happy about that. I was told to be quiet, not tell any of my family about Jesus. But fortunately, I'm able to lead them both to the Lord, so that's been quite good. But so not everyone's happy. So when you reach out and start to look for breakthrough in your life, it doesn't always come straight away. There has to be sometimes a persistence of faith to get your breakthrough. And I've noticed about people that the very people who discourage you one day are cheering you on the next. So when people tried to discourage him, he said, like David did, well, when his wife criticized him for dancing before the Lord, he said, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to be more vile than this. In other words, he refused to be crushed 
by the resistance of the crowd or of circumstances. His faith reached beyond that. You've got to step up and believe Jesus can give you a breakthrough. And even if it doesn't come straight away, keep persevering. Keep pushing in. The Bible's full of stories of people who kept persevering and they got a breakthrough. Eventually, they found their way through to the miracle presence of God. And so you have to keep notice what happens. It says, many warned him to be quiet. He cried out all the more. So any setback, any obstacles to getting a breakthrough, don't sit down and feel sorry for yourself and say, well, maybe God isn't interested in healing me or helping me. Rise up inside and say, Jesus, touch me, help me. Don't quit. Don't give up easily. Don't be set back easily. And particularly not by difficulties with people and circumstances. Be determined. And it says, look at here, it says, it says, and Jesus stood still. There's, there's crowds of people and Jesus not stopping for any one of them. But there's one man sitting there by the wayside who's blind and he's got the spirit of faith around him. And Jesus hears that. Why did he stop? You think there were heaps of people calling out that day, but there was one called out with faith, determined and believing Jesus could touch him. And that man caused Jesus to stop. He's the only man that stopped Jesus. Who's that? What's that guy? And they said, well, there's lots of noise, lots of guys. No, no, no. Bring him to me. And so look at the crowd. He said, hey, cheer up. Come on, get on your feet. He's calling to you. That's the crowd. It changes. People's opinions change. You can't let your future and your life depend on what people think. You have to make the decision, I'm going to pursue what God has for me. And I believe that in Jesus, there's the fullness of God's supply for me. You have to push through the difficulties you have with people. I had to push through all my Christian walk. It seems like family have opposed what we did. I thought that my wife's family were very happy when I started a Christian school. They were not. They had a different plan for me. I thought they'd be very happy when I passed it, but they weren't either. They had a different plan for me. I thought my family might, well, I knew they wouldn't be too happy. They were Catholics, you know, so at least I didn't expect them to be happy about anything. It just, they, we just didn't talk about stuff. <laughs> and then... But I thought the Joyce family, who had been against me because I was a Catholic, might have a little bit of thought about, you know, well, great, isn't he? He's a Christian teacher and running a school. Is that wonderful? Or he's a pastor. Now, is that wonderful? No, there was none of that. So it's like we just faced all the way in major decisions of our life. There was always resistance to walking into the light that God had. You've got to make a decision that you're bigger than that. What does it take to stop you? What does it take to stop you? That's how big you are. That's how big your faith is. So don't let anything stop you. Keep pursuing the answers from the Lord. So what he did then, he arose and he threw off his garments. Now here's the next thing we notice about him. He had a garment on or had a cloak on him. In those days, if you wanted to beg, you had to be licensed. Nothing much changes, does it, eh? And so you had to pay the government a tax. You had to pay a fee to have the official garment to be able to beg. And so he was a recognized beggar. He was certified. You know, he's got a, a garment. Now, here's the thing he did. He rose up and he threw off that thing. I'll never need this again. I will never need to hide behind that garment again. I am believing today is my day for a miracle. And he threw it off. He came to Jesus. He hasn't got the garment of a blind man on anymore. He's thrown it off. I wonder what you've got to throw off. I wonder what you've got to do to get your breakthrough. 
He refused to be ignored. He refused to be silenced. He refused to give up. And then when his opportunity came and he had a word from God, he threw off the thing he was concealing his life under. You know, it says his name was the son of secrecy. When he threw off that garment, he's throwing off his whole old identity of living undercover, living in shame, living in dependency, living in this place of blindness. He threw it all off. I wonder what you need to cast aside. Is there some fear you need to let go of? Is there some disappointment you've been hiding under and that's your reason why you're not passionately serving God? Is there some setback you've had in your life? Is there some dark secret and you're not moving forward because of that? Why don't you throw it off and say, God, I'm coming to you. I'm opening my life to you. Is it some area of deep grief that you need to face and throw it off? You know, the disciples couldn't see Jesus on the road to Emmaus. They were so disappointed when their expectations were not met. And we can have those griefs and disappointments and we can't see what God is doing. And you know, it takes coming to him. So I wonder what you've got to throw off. Is there some area of bitterness? Is there some area of shame? What is it you need to throw off? Here's what it says. He threw off that thing and he came to Jesus and Jesus said, what do you want? Most extraordinary question. What do you want? When you come up in the altar call today, you need to say what you're believing God for. What do you want? I have some people come up in an altar call and they have such a long story to tell that by the time it's all over, I'm weeping with them and I'm very sad and there's no faith left in me either. <laughs> I found it's not a good way to handle an altar call. Don't focus on what is wrong. Notice what he said. I want to see. I want to see. He didn't tell the long story of how he got blind. He didn't tell the whole deal of all he had suffered and how people had stolen from him and he couldn't see who's stealing from him. He didn't talk about the times he'd fallen over. He just said, I want to see. I want my vision. I want to see life like you see it. He spoke out his need. And Jesus commended him because of his faith. Because of your faith, you're getting an answer. It's your faith. And how did he show his faith? He lifted his voice and cried out, refused to be shut up, refused to be ignored, refused to give in. And then he threw off what he'd been hiding under and said, this is what I'm looking for. And Jesus said, wow, this is amazing. And blessed him. His eyes were open. Here's the last thing to see. It says, he arose and followed Jesus in the way. Now, you can easily miss that part. We're not called to just come to Jesus for a breakthrough. We're called to follow him, to actually walk with him. To follow him means to share your life with him, to share every part of your life with him, to open the areas of your life to him, to begin to get his words into you, begin to build a relationship with him, begin to start to change how you handle life. And if in the past you got bitter, now release grace into it. If in the past you got angry, now you release blessing into it. If in the past you hid away in shame, now you come out, I don't need to live in shame anymore. It's, it, see, you've got to follow on, not just get a breakthrough. A lot of people come up, they get the demons out one day, and they're back in on Monday. Hey. Come up on an altar call next Sunday. Except I'm not there. Someone else says, bless them. 
<laughs> Don't worry. What you've got to do is walk with the Lord. You've got to put your life right. You've got to get your life adjusted. Jesus said many issues, demons particularly, will come back to the person who will not align their life in kingdom living, in kingdom relationship. We've got to align our lives. So he rose up and he began to follow Jesus. He became a disciple, a committed follower of Jesus. Now, this is what Jesus is looking for. And what I see is a man who sat in darkness, his life in dependency, in despair, his potential destroyed. But when he realized that Jesus was there, he arose in his faith, broke through the limitations and received a miracle. And then he walked on with the Lord. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.